1: While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people.
0: All right, All right there you go.
1: <clears throat> okay. Hello everyone, thank you for joining us again here on Barnyard Language. Outside recording again today, so if you hear birds, it's because there's actually birds. And hopefully the sound quality is okay because the kids are home and it's sunny and so the porch seems like the best place to be. So, Kate, we're recording in advance. When this comes out, you will have been on a business trip. So we'll skip over that. You can tell us about that next time. But what else has been going on in the farm in the spring?
0: Well, Arlene, I'm just going to speak some positivity into the world and say that my trip was awesome. And that my coworkers were awesome and everything was awesome. And the only things that went wrong were things that were funny. And that I missed. And then we'll life. hear all about those next time. Yeah. And my family. And they miss me and everybody's happy to be home. And one you know, of
1: those, you want one of those, everyone comes and meets me at the airport with signs things, or you would rather just like drive in the laneway and see the weather there.
0: The airport I'm flying in and out of is three hours from home. So,
1: oh, got it. Yes. you r- Rural issues, right? <laughs> Do not drive. By the get time six you hours. This,
0: I will have stayed overnight in Minneapolis because I'm also not flying in until like 1030 Friday night and gone to Ikea so so many plans yeah big plans what's been going on on your farm this week
1: so this was the week of fertilizer all the fertilizer went out the manure pit got stirred and a lot of manure went out and also our annual what's the neighbor down the road going to do with the fact that we're spreading manure so in the past we have had him show up in the driveway and be angry we've had him call the local counselors one year was the police so this year he called the mayor and we live in a very small township so the mayor came out to have a visit he didn't come to the farm which was weird so we have custom operators who do our spreading for us because we don't own the pump or the big tankers, because we only need them twice a year. So we have a custom guy come and do it. So one of the custom operators employees was the one who had a chat with the mayor who came out and to talk to him on the road. So apparently the issue is not smell, or this is what we've been told. It's that the tankers track mud onto our road, which is true. Yeah, that's a valid point. But it's also like a char, uh, like a part and chip road. Like it's, it's kind of between a dirt road and a paved road. Like it's not, like we can scrape it a little bit, but the mud is just gonna have to like either get washed away by the, or some of the mud anyway, it's gonna just have to get washed away by the rain or dry up and flake off. So for a couple of days, sorry, your your car's gonna be a bit dirty if you drive through it. And I don't know what he wants to, us to do about it, but it's there, uh twice a year. <laughs> What's the neighbor going to do?
0: Trivia. Katie's just shaking her head. kind of see like, you know, untilage equipment comes down the road and leaves clods that are like the size of soccer balls being a little displeased with that. But as someone who lives in an area with a lot of custom operators hauling shit and a lot of roads with the little chunks of mud that are falling off the the tires as they pull out of the field what the fuck (laughs) it's just like you know if you guys were we had someone in our area who apparently intentionally spread shit around his neighbor's yard while they were having their kids graduation (laughs) going
1: that that they were
0: having a party outdoors oh yeah like complain about that that's fine (laughs) but mud on the road yeah it's
1: very upsetting and it, and we're on a dead end road so I mean like it affects I mean not that the number of people affected is the main thing but it doesn't really impact all that many people and to call the mayor and expect him to come out and deal with it and you know if you want to chat about it you can come in here twice a year and we can talk and we'll say the same thing. Yeah, we'll go out and scrape it off as much as we can when we're done, but we're not done yet. Like they were still, they were still hauling. So
0: I'm going to go ahead and say that I am glad that his life is so straightforward and presumably fairly trouble-free that this is the biggest concern in his existence yeah, because maybe. that's pretty good i mean if, yeah if mud on a country road is your biggest problem you're doing all right yeah
1: that's not too bad And other updates, yeah, I don't know that I have all that much. The kids are doing their 4-H meetings, so that's exciting. They're trying to get some more speakers this year, which I think they're enjoying. Last night, they did some calf and cow nutrition jeopardy. So, I mean, I'm sure that that's a good time.
0: Arlene, can we go on as guest speakers? (laughs) To
1: a 4-H meeting? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you have something to contribute to a dairy club with uh 10 to 18 year olds i guess there's sure. yeah they've got almost a full range of ages this time sometimes our clubs can skew really young but this year i think they have like right from like the youngest kids right up to a, a 21 year old so it's kind of neat to see like that i love that 4-h is one of those organizations that has you know that that difference in age right i mean yeah. so many kids programs are very much like you know your these two years which makes sense for sports and you know things that are competitive but i think 4-h is, is neat in that way that you've got older kids who can be mentors to, to younger ones and that the younger ones can see what it looks like when they're they're older and what it takes to improve and all that kind of stuff so should we move on to our guest for this week katie i think we should early all right let's bring her up all right So today we're talking to Christy Grieve, who is a farmer, parent, social media coach and marketing expert from Oregon. So thank you so much for visiting with us today, Christy. We start each of our interviews with the same question, and this is a way to introduce yourself to our listeners. We ask, what are you growing? So this can cover crops and families, businesses, kids, all that kind of stuff. So Christy, what are you growing?
2: Thank you both for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. So I am down here in Southern Oregon. We're about five hours from Portland. So I know everybody thinks of just Portland when they think of Oregon, but we're, we're down close to the California border. So we raise longhorns and Corianese is our main herd. Me and my husband used to team rope a lot, a lot together. We still rope a little bit, but the main thing is that we do provide, you know, the steers to others to, for roping practice and things like that. And then after they're done with them, we fatten them up and we sell a lean beef direct to consumers. So, and then we also raise wiener pigs. We'll have, we'll raise them from the wiener stage to finish product and sell them direct to consumers as well. So, and then we have two kids. One is in elementary school, my daughter, and then I have a son in middle school. So that keeps us on our toes for sure with everything going on. And then I also have a business called dirt road marketing where I use the internet social media to teach farmers and ranchers how to use social media in their own business. So yeah, that's that's what we're growing.
0: Christy, I have to say that every time I hear the phrase wiener pigs, and I mean I live in Iowa. So this is, you know, I know it's a real phrase, but I always think of like specialty hot dog pigs of some sort. Like mean, <laughs> wiener pigs. Like
2: yeah. You know, and like then it's like dogs, yeah. And then I also pigs. see the I see the spellings and like do you spell it with an i and ea because you know they're weaned but are they yeah exactly i'm with you
0: on that for sure (laughs) or like they'd be really long and skinny like a wiener dog that is true Um, (laughs) all right well now see this makes sense are there any particular animals on your property you'd like us to know about i think this sounds like i know some secret about some animal on Who you've farm. been talking yeah. to yeah
2: we actually besides so that is where I guess our money makers are what I talked about before and so we do so we have some cooney cooney pigs on the farm we, we did try an experiment of because you know some of the a big chunk of our cost is actually buying the weaned pigs so we thought okay we'll try you know this is a grazing breed cooney cooney pigs and so so we had a couple litters and decided this would be more of a project for when we're retired (laughs) things. It's just one of those things. And so, you know, we just, we slaughtered all the the boys, but the girls, you know, they're still here. So, (laughs) and you know, one of them, it takes trips to school sometimes. So we have that. And then also my daughter, she is nine and she actually has a small herd of goats, Nigerians. And if she's already making money with them, she will take them to events and get paid to bring her babies to events and walk around like a, you know, a winery opening or things like that. So she's already my little entrepreneur. And, and then we also raise rabbits. So we raise meat rabbits. My kids do Sawyer, she is a clover bud. So any 4-H moms and, or dads listening, you know, they're before they're old enough to officially show in 4-H, there's a program called clover bud. So I just encourage people to get, it's a great way to get your kid already in 4-H and already learning about things and before they actually go into a project. But so the nice thing about the meat rabbits is they do go to auction as well, just like the hogs, you know, and the beef, the steers. So, but it's a lower entry cost into delving into that world. So we kind of call that the rabbits, the gateway drug into livestock showing, because a lot of our 4-H kids, I'm, I'm a 4-H leader and a lot of them start out, you know, they'll bring their pet rabbit and they'll be like, oh, I could never do, you know, I could never sell a meat rabbit or, you know, anything like that. And then they see, you know, what goes on and then, you know, they have their kids going to auction. They're like, yeah, maybe. And then, so the next year they they're into meat rabbits. And then after that, they're like, Well, I could do a goat or a sheep. We have actually a really strong goat program here in in our county and all goats, it's a terminal sale, all goats go to the auction too. So that's great. And so, yeah, so it kind of works them into livestock showing. So we kind of like to get them in that way. And then we also raise guinea pigs. So that was before my kids were old enough. To uh, start trying livestock. So we got into guinea pigs and the same thing. It's kind of a gateway into 4 H and um, it's an easy little project and they're cute little things. And when we sell the babies for pets. And so, you know, it's not a many, big money maker, but it, it helps put them pay for themselves. So that's one thing I try to teach my kids is like, you know, it's fun to have animals. And we do, you know, we have horses, of course, that don't pay their way, <laughs> but, you know, it's nice to, to be able to have some animals that do pay their own bills. I was about to say, I'm assuming there are horses here too, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I, yeah, we used to team rope a lot together. And and so, and our kids are, they also have their own horses too. And so we use them to move the cows and stuff like that around. So Mm -hmm.
0: I'm actually trying to convince my husband that we should get horses instead of a side by side, but I don't think I'm really winning that battle. I'm I'm trying. He, uh, he said no horses, but I have it on good authority from our veterinarian that draft mules are not horses and thusly should not be counted out we'll see I like that (laughs) I've been working on it for 10 years and I have not made
2: any progress yet oh we have two mules and they are we love them honestly though some you know sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission so just
0: throwing that out there (laughs) yeah Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm putting it out into the universe the same way as the puppy that. Yes. You know, if I think probably even a draft horse would be okay. I think it's the, the pony that would be a problem. So, but I'm pretty sure that if the kids asked for a pony, it would happen. So maybe I should just start working Mm. on the children to, you know, ask daddy. Yeah, but
1: I like coaching. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I think, I think you've got a, a unicorn fan in the house, right? I mean, like. Throw a horn on the top of that horse and all of a sudden you've got a unicorn so christy one of the reasons we asked you to join us today is because many of our listeners are farmers who are already either doing direct sales of their products or might be looking into diversifying their farms and starting to sell to their neighbors and friends and people nearby so our first question is for someone who's starting out in into online sales or direct sales where would you begin and what's worth focusing on if you're starting from zero if you're starting a new enterprise
2: thank you great question yeah so one the main thing is you want to really create raving fans is really where it comes down to because even social media you, you know you can put yourself out there but you want to create people that will do your marketing for you they'll tell other people you know word of mouth goes a long ways but social media can you know can be your entry into that world too so make sure i think the minimum you have to have is you know get, get a facebook page up there and that way people can find you and people can share your content and so that's the best way of you know for the lowest and you know it's free right now and granted it is harder to be seen. The organic reach is really down on Facebook and Instagram. And it's a little harder to be seen these days, but if you can get some raving fans and how you do that is, is by showing up consistently and showing, you know, I understand, you know, a lot of people don't want to show their face and I understand that. And, and you don't, you know, there's ways of showing your product or showing, you know, what you create, what you make without, you know, always having to be in front of the camera if you don't want to. So I know like reels, Instagram reels is really hot right now. You know, everybody doing the dances and everything. And, and that's great. I love to watch those, but I'm not going to be dancing. It's just not my thing. So, you know, I created like a reel of our goats, you know, just looking cute and whatever. And I shared it across Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, I think it got, you know, 8,000 views in the first week. And it, it, it really only took me, you know, listen, just a few minutes to make. And I think we underestimate the public and consumers on you know what they find interesting you know when we're doing it all the time we're in the trenches we we're like yeah nobody's gonna want to see this you know and and we take it for granted like oh people know about this but people don't know what they don't know and if we don't tell them they're not gonna know you know and I think that's one thing with agriculture is if we don't tell our own story the story is still gonna get told it's just gonna get told by the wrong people with the wrong information, the wrong facts, you know, and that's where I think we, you know, so many people for so long have spouted out misinformation and things that were kind of behind the curve as far as getting that misinformation corrected. And so we really need to tell our own ag story and, and, you know, be upfront about that. And And like I said, share things that, you know, you might as a farmer, you're like, oh, you know, nobody cares about this, but people do, you know, people find behind the scenes, very interesting and how things are done. You know, even me, you know, I've, you know, somehow all my life been into agriculture, you know, I did 4-H and FFA, all that. And, but I still, you know, there's always something new to learn. And that, that fascinates me about, you know, especially like growing crops, you know, and how, you know, like harvesting time and just the different way it's just, I find it really interesting. And I think the public does too, but if if we don't show them that they don't know. And, you know, a lot of people these days just read headlines and grab onto that and then take that headline and like, Oh, well, that's, that's, that's the truth, you know, but it's depends on who wrote the headline, you know, is it really the truth? And there's a lot of misinformation that people have gone on to and used to, you know, you know, to use negatively against agriculture, but there's a lot of, it's not true. And a lot of it is changed. And, Uh, there's a lot of good being done in that. So I think that's where telling our story is really important. And especially locally, I feel like I know, like, I love going to our farmer's market here, but a lot of people don't have a good grasp on social media. So I feel like they're kind of missing a great opportunity. And that's kind of one thing I want to work on changing is that, you know, get, you do have those people that show up regularly for you, but you can create even when it's not a market market day, you can create, you know, that excitement, you know, here's what's coming, here's what's in season, you know, there's, there's just so much you can show. And, and so I think it's worth showing. And I think that's, what's going to promote agriculture. Agriculture is for everyone, even if they don't realize it, you know, they go to the grocery store, they're involved in agriculture, buying, you know, their fruits and vegetables, buying their meat, buying everything. So I think, you know, we need to bring our consumers in and, you know, make them our fans and our advocates too. So that way we're not just fighting it by ourselves, the negativity.
0: So Christy, I'm going to throw a question in here because Arlene won't let me edit the the question list. That's fine, Arlene. I'll just <laughs> Sorry. I got my post-it notes. So I just want to wrote myself a note. Christy, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on how authentic and open you try to be with social media. I know as someone who does direct sales with ARMY from the farm, we've had an astounding response to posts about things that have gone wrong. Because I think when your social media is all, everything is great all the time! Yay! People know it's bullshit. I mean if they don't know it's bullshit, that really means they need some education. And so I'm wondering about how to really embrace that level of authenticity and also how much more authentic it comes across when it's people who aren't making money off you making sales. You know, the reaction and engagement we get from when a customer shares something about our product versus me talking about it. I mean, I have a vested interest in it, you know. My neighbor, my friend does not have a vested interest in somebody buying steaks from me. So I'm wondering, you know, what your thoughts are on trying to embrace that authenticity when we're talking to, to the world, I guess.
2: Yeah, I see kind of two parts there. So one talking about like you talking about someone else talking about your product. That is great. Testimonials are wonderful because it's giving you social proof. It's showing other people that, Hey, somebody else likes my product. It's not me just talking about it. So whenever you can share that is wonderful, you know, and if someone, you know, doesn't want to, you know, write up a Facebook post or, you know, do a little interview or something, you know, maybe they can just write up a little blurb for you and you can share that on your website. You can create, go into Canva, create a social media graphic out of that, you know, that you can share. And, you know, and that's when I think probably the agriculture Community is not great about tooting our own horn. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people in the community are very humble and it feels strange to be, you know, saying, look what I can do. But, you know, there's some great, you know, people don't know what they don't know. And so if you don't don't share it, then they're not going to know about it. But yeah, being authentic. I had a mentor say something really good is one thing is like it's good to show your scars, but be careful about showing your wounds. And so I think that's where I think it's good to show things that do go wrong because, you know, people, you know, you're just like, Oh, I have this for sale. I have this for sale, you know, look at this, but, you know, but I also lost, you know, they didn't see your losses behind the scenes, you know, and especially I think, It's, it's hard row with animals and with livestock because it is so, it can be so emotional, you know, like the other day I was working on, we had a kid born and he was floppy and he was cold and you know, and then you're like, you know, at that point, you don't even know if it's going to make it. And so, and then, you know, I'm in the bathroom here, you know, with a hairdryer on him and a heating pad. And I'm like, oh, I should, I should probably share this. You know what I mean? You, You know? And, and so I did take a little blurb of me, you know, hair, you know, with the hairdryer, but I wish I'd kind of did show, get a little shot of him being floppy, you know, where he could only hold up his head. He couldn't stand or anything. And so people can get like, okay, it's, you know, it, you know, it's not all just funny, you know, they didn't just pop out all cute and fluffy, you know, there, it did take some work. Like this guy could have easily died if we, you know, and actually one of, we did lose a doe that the placenta the goat didn't get the placenta off her face. And so she suffocated. So, and we didn't get that out there. We were been doing like three hour checks, which yeah, we should have been doing two hour checks. So, but I, and I did share that we did lose one on social media. So yeah, I think it's good so that people you know, know the reality that it's not, you know, and the If it all, you know, so many, everybody would do it if it was all cute and, you know, cuddly all the time, but yeah, those losses hit you hard. And that's kind of what, like I shared about, you know, trying the Cooney Cooney pigs, you know, we, a bunch of the litter and that's kind of where we were like, okay, we're not ready to, to get into, you know, having sows and full-time breeding. So we're going to stay, you know, we had a great program, you know, getting the commercial pigs and we're just going to stay with that route until you know, we have more time on our hands to to devote to this. So, you know, you're kind of as graphic as you want, you know, some, some accounts will, you know, full on show us the, the slaughtering part. Some won't, I'm not there yet with ours account. I just don't feel we, I haven't pulled, you know, I don't know my audience well enough. I, to be honest, to, to know if, you know, how turned off or how turned on, they would get on that, not turned on, but I mean, how you when you have a social media account, you repel and you attract. So you're going to attract some, you're going to repel some. And so for us, you know, I like telling our story, this, you know, even my kids, you know, I don't have them watch the slaughtering. They know, you know, they know we eat the animals that get slaughtered, you know, and that's okay with me. So I'm fine with them, you know, not being part of the slaughter process. You know, everybody's individual and you kind of, you just kind of have to go with what's comfortable with you. And if, you know, some people are hard hitting and we're like, This is from, you know, start to finish. And I love that, you know, in fact, we had a 4-H event just two weeks ago and one of our events for our kids was called the pig puzzle. And so one of our local butchers literally brought a pig, a slaughtered pig in and like did the pig puzzle. They put the slaughtered pig together on a table and, you know, we talked about all the parts and everything. And so it was great. I mean, draw a lot of kids and it, you know, and got a lot of good attention, you know, and we had pulled pork for lunch. You know what I mean? It was, you know, it was, you know, and the kids all, it went great. The kids all, you know, it's part of learning. And so you kind of have to know your audience, you know, get to know your audience and kind of see what, you know, what they like to see and what they, you know, how much, you know, I mean, part of it is the people are so just used to going to grocery stores and just, you know, and I think they need to see behind the scenes to see like, okay, I don't just go to the grocery store. You know, there's a whole story behind this beef, you know, it didn't just show up here. And I think like, even just yesterday, I was at a 4-H fundraiser and one of our kids had brought some chickens and, you know, a lady walks up with her kid and she's like, oh, here's a chicken. I bet you've never seen a chicken in real life. And, you know, you're just like, wow. Like, you know, I'm not in the city and it just is like, okay. Yeah. So we, it just affirmed the fact that we need to keep doing this work and like, you know, like, yeah, this is where eggs come from, you know? So, yeah.
0: I think too, you know, as a producer and I've done a lot of farmer's markets and that, and it is super frustrating when somebody will come up and just spout off something that you know they saw on social media or whatever about what cows should eat or the use of antibiotics in livestock and i'm just like and it is really frustrating but at the same time you know the headlines they see are black and white there's no shades of gray about you know fed antibiotics or you know what they see about cows being fed skittles like you're just you know cranking your jaws open and dumping candy in there you know or whatever else and it is annoying to have to take the time to really like show the nuance of why we do what we do but the level of engagement and the level of education that people get you know we can't be angry that these people who have no reason to spend time educating themselves haven't done it or that if they've tried to they've run into a whole bunch of headlines from folks who have a real you know, a real interest in them thinking one way or the other. And it's, it is frustrating, but at the same time, we can't really blame, you know, the average consumer for not knowing about X, Y, and Z. And, you know, even as producers, we have such blind spots about how things are done. And it's worth the time for the the marketing and the education for our customers. Right. I'm
2: so glad you brought that up because that is one thing yeah. It's easy to get defensive about, you know, people with their misinformation, but, and we're such, our attention spans are so short these days that people aren't going to take the time to research and, or, you know, really figure out. And one, one issue I see is when you go to the grocery store and you look at that frozen bag of meat and it says no antibiotics. So these companies are further touting the fact or the, the lie that there could, you know, that we're worried about antibiotics in our meat when we're not, because we know, you know, they get tested, you know, so it's furthering kind of promoting that, that that is putting that into the consumer's mind to question that, you know, and that, so I, I feel like, you know, the big companies that use that as a marketing tactic, it's, it's doing an injustice to the whole industry really
0: i think too so many customers see you know no antibiotics and their only vision of antibiotics in meat production is as a growth promotant and you know whatever your feelings are on that you know that's your business it's whatever i'm not going to get into that one but people miss that there are other legitimate uses for fed antibiotics isn't it like you know i had customers i had somebody say something to me about well i'm sure you never use antibiotics and it's like of course I do. Like, of course I do. And we feed antibiotics to our, you know, we raise meat sheep. And I said, we do feed antibiotics for three weeks a year at an extraordinarily low dose. But when we weren't doing it, we had one year that we lost 50% of our lamb crop to a bacteria that was causing abortions. And that's, you know, say what you will about fed antibiotics, but I can't Emotionally or financially, lose half of my animals. That's not, you know,
2: right. We're not going to just cool to do that, right? I mean, we're just, not going to sit back and watch our animals die to keep on this no antibiotics thing. But you know, there's withdrawal withdrawal dates. You know, there's safety measures. I mean, it's you know, and and yeah, in the end, we're we're producing a product that you know we want to be proud of and that we want consumers to know that's safe, and so. know, we're not going to do anything to jeopardize that. And so, yeah, I feel like, like you just shared sharing that story, people are like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. You know? And so I think that's the thing It's just like, but, but it's sad that we have to even go there. You know what I mean? That we even have to justify our use of it. Like there is a time and a place for it. You know, it's just not fed done across the board. I think that's like been told in the past. Like I think People have been fed this information like it's just a given, like, you know, but there's, you know, we have reasons to do it and and safety measures and all that good stuff put in place. So it's not a safety factor that the consumer, I mean, it's not a safety factor that consumers really should have to worry about, but yet it's still kind of been putting their face that they need to worry about it by the big companies. And so that's why I'm like, "Eh, wish we didn't have to go there, but that's why, you know, again, sharing your story is so important just because, you know, then it makes sense to people. And then, you know, when people can be like, oh yeah, you know what, she cares. And that's why she does it,
0: you know, and it makes sense
2: to the operation.
0: Too, as a producer, it helped me a lot to sort of come up with, you know, a quick response to that, because I just tell people that I'm lazy and cheap. So if they don't need it, they don't get it. Because I think people just (laughs) assume that I somehow have so much money and so much extra time and energy that I'm like, what can I do to spend more money and more time, you know, and no, I'm not going to bother with antibiotics if I don't need them because they're expensive and it's more work. So, you know, and I think that helps people see that it is an extra step to do that. And that it's not just something we would do because we have nothing better to do with our time or our money than to, you know, dump more.
2: Yeah. And that's a great point too, about being transparent because, you know, there are, there are some really pretty, pretty accounts out there that, you know, show the, the farmhouse, you know, and the baby kids being bathed in, you know, in the sink and it's really cute and all. And it's just like, you know, in my sink, here's a dead floppy kid, you know, like, <laughs> being bathed you like, I don't even want to see that. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, and there's, you know, syringes here, you know, and you go into our fridge and there's bottles, you know, penicillin or whatever, you know, that we keep on hand if we need it. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not showing my kitchen on social media to be honest. It's like, it's not pretty, you know? And that's one thing I think though people, you know, I know like in Instagram, the curated pretty feed is kind of going away. Instagram even is like, we want video. And so I think the stories, you know, you're going to see if you can share. The nice thing about stories is they're gone in 24 hours unless you save them to a highlight. So, you know, it doesn't have to be
0: pretty. It can be, you know, quick and simple and in and out. And, you know. Yeah, I was laughing to myself last night, even about, you know, looking at Instagram of these, you know, and they're obviously posed paid photographs of, female ranchers and farmers wearing expensive gear and very clean and like cool if that helps pay your family's bills like you know go to town but i'm out here in like you know old navy leggings and one of my husband's sweatshirts and a ball cap because my hair is like you know i'm just like nobody's ever gonna pay me to to spokesperson for them you know Anyway, sorry, Arlene, I'll let you get back to what's actually on the <laughs> <That's all right. laughs>
1: question. So I think we kind of covered it, but I was wondering about in terms of maximizing marketing and promotion, if a company is just local, say you're far, you know, like you talked about someone who's at the farmer's market, someone who's selling from their farm gate, how do you kind of strategically focus your social media or your promotions so that it's hitting the people closest to you. Cause sometimes it feels like it goes out into the world and you don't really know who's, who's seeing it necessarily.
2: Yeah. No, I love that. Just the other day I saw a local Facebook page and they were talking about an opening or something. And, and I looked up, on their Facebook page, and their address was nowhere to be found on there. And so I messaged them, and they're like, Oh, if you go to our website, then you can find our address. And I'm like, Okay, people don't have time for that. Like, I need it now. Like, so, you know, that's one thing is like, make sure people know where to find you, you know, and especially in your Instagram bio, you know, you can change that from time to time to, you know, to reflect what markets you're at, the best way to contact you. Always have a place where they can get in contact you really easily, whether, you know, say, send me a DM. Send me a Facebook message. Here's my email, whatever it is, phone number. Yeah, make sure they have a way to get a hold of you easily. Then, also, if you're running Facebook ads, don't be afraid. I think people are afraid to run Facebook ads. And because I think it's a little daunting, because it's like, oh my gosh. But honestly, just get started with $10. Like you can set a budget as cheap as $10 and send it, you know, you can target your area. And you, I think you'd be surprised at how well those can do and test, you know, test, testing. You have to test everything you, the algorithms, you know, people try to keep up with them and everything, but you really have to test what works for you and your audience. And, um, Facebook ads is a great way. And you can really, like I said, you can spend $10 on Facebook ads and really get a lot of reach. I just ran a Facebook ad the other day. I spent $20 and got 200 new likes on my page. So I was really happy with that return. So yeah, don't be afraid to test things like Facebook ads. And, you know, I know there's, it seems, you know, very daunting, but, you know, you can take one of your posts you already made and just boost it. It or create, just take that and create a Facebook app right out of that. And Facebook has a lot of good posting features where you can just automatically even schedule posts and things like that. So it takes a little, you know, a bit of time to learn it, but once you do it really, you know, if you're on vacation or whatever, you can kind of schedule things. So that way it keeps going when you're gone. hmm so- oh, sorry. I did want to add is using hashtags of your local area too. So, you know, if I'm in Southern Oregon, I'll use the hashtag Southern Oregon or hashtag Central Point Oregon or hashtag Travel Oregon, hashtag Adventure in Oregon, things like that. So it doesn't have to just be farming related. It can be geographically related to your area. And so that'll help And it, you know, you kind of have to think about it. You're kind of teaching Instagram who to show your posts to. And so you want to use those kind of geographical, if if you're local, just doing local markets only.
0: So Christy, both as a farmer and for the podcast, I really want to put a plug into to seeing if you can afford to invest the money for a graphic designer, especially for a logo or for, you know, sort of a social media template i know for our farm you know going ahead and i'm very lucky to have a friend who's a talented graphic designer and is local that i've been able to pay and barter with to do design work for us and you know when we started and she was showing me whatever it's called now that it's not clip art but you know ideas for different logos and how many of them i recognized as logos that local farms are using and if Every farm is using the same, like, four logos. There's no point in having a logo if I can't tell whose business it is. You know, if it's just a a stock image, you've missed the entire point of having a logo because the whole point is to set yourself apart. And that's the realizing that that logo of, like, the stacked animals, you know, with them standing on each other's backs, that that was a, a vector image. And how many? Farms in the area I know that are using variations of the exact same logo. It's, you're really shooting yourself in the foot if you're not. Yeah, that's a great point. yourself apart.
2: Yeah, because one of the things in addition to your product is you can sell farm merch, you know, you can get some t-shirts, some hats made, you know, like I said, create those raving fans. And, you know, you can even... Give them as a thank you gift, you know. Sometimes, you know, we have people that'll just buy, you know, a whole pig at a time, and you know, so I'll send them a thank you gift. And so, yeah, you're correct. So while a lot of places, you know, like a standard for, you know, a standard answer would be, oh, you go to Fiverr or something, and that's cheap and everything. But like you said, the problem is. Then they all end up the same and, you know, you don't know if they are copywriting someone else's, you know, or, you know, using a copyrighted logo or something, or, you know, I mean, you don't want to steal anybody's logo, whether it's copyrighted or not, if it's already in use, you know? So that's where you can go to, you know, if you try to find a specifically graphic designer that works in ag that kind of can know, you know, and especially too, like, you know, like in your logo, you know, if you, or Arlene, like you know, you, you have a scenes, correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, you don't want a Jersey in your logo. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> you, know, yeah, you don't, like... you don't want to, and you don't want an ugly looking cow if you're right. raising purebreds or something. Right. Yeah. Because exactly. sometimes you look at the outline of a cow and it's like, oh, she's not all that pretty. <laughs> I don't want that on my, uh, yeah. on the side of my, on the side of my truck or on this, on my, on my stand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or Highlands are really big right now too. And it's like, you know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. If you raise
1: islands, but if you right, don't, you know, but you shouldn't yeah. be using them
2: for your logo. Exactly. So, yeah. So yeah. And Kate, like you're talking about bartering, you know, and that's the great thing too, is I think, you know, there's a lot of options of trading product and things and yeah, getting your logo, right. The only thing I do caution is don't, you know, if you're just starting out, don't let not having a logo stop you from going forward, because that can always evolve, you know, and you can, you can use, something simple, you know, just, you know, you can go into Canva and find something simple with simple elements to use until you're ready to be like, okay, I'm ready to commit to finding a logo and everything. Because I know a lot of times it's the little details that can keep you from launching. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I, so I'm there. So like my dirt road marketing, um, co logo, I literally, it's mostly words and a little bit of barbed wire. And I like it. And for now it works to keep launching, but you know, one of these days, I, you know, I'm going to invest some, some money in and get the logo that really speaks to my heart. So, but for now, you know, I could get, you know, caught up same thing, get caught up on having a website and that's where it's nice where social media, at least if nothing else, you know, I know a lot of people don't love Facebook, you know, they can really divide people, but if you just get on there, you can, you know, don't get into the feed. just go to your business page, do your work and stay focused, set a timer. And even <laughs> I'm getting up there. So I have to make notes like why I'm getting on Facebook. Like, this is what I'm posting. This is why I do manage. Like I have a junior rodeo page. I manage, I'm active in our 48 eight club page. So there's lots of things. So I, I, you know, I have to be real specific with my time as far as like what I'm getting on and posting. But so, you know, if, you know, if you're like, Oh, I don't have a website yet, you know, just create a Facebook page. Just, they need to find you somewhere. And, but don't get hung up. Don't let the little things like that stop you from launching or stop you from growing even. So, I mean, there's multimillion dollar businesses on there. that don't have any social media presence. So, you know, but, but if you're, you know, like I said, if you're trying to create raving fans, you know, Facebook and Instagram are great places and, and TikTok too are great places to do that.
1: You've mentioned Canva a couple of times for people who haven't used Canva before. Can you just describe briefly what it is? I mean, Katie and I use it, but not everyone knows what Canva is.
2: Oh yeah. Great point. So Canva is a graphic design tool. That's great because you really don't have to have a lot of graphic design skills to use it. I do, I did study graphic art in college, but it's, you know, and, but I'm, I don't need to be old school. Like I, let's get in there get it done. And that's where Canva makes it easy to use. And so you can make your social, I mean, Facebook event covers, you can make your Instagram graphics, pretty much everything, podcast art cover, pretty much everything can be made in Canva. So you just, you do want to probably pay for the paid version. There is a free version, but the paid version, you know, lets you resize things to make it really easy to, to post things on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite tools for sure.
0: Also, if you're working with another person, the paid version allows you to give Arlene access so that you're not having to remember to email stuff back and forth <laughs> so that you can just work together more easily. And Christy, to clarify, I want to say we were in business five or six years before I got a paid logo. Cause I'm a, uh, As any of our regular listeners know, I'm a big fan of sticking post-it notes to everything, and the oldest one in the middle of my monitor says, perfect is the enemy of finished, you know, because I'm the same way, and I will keep poking at it until it's perfect, and it never actually gets finished that way. So, you know, it's definitely, but having some way for folks to track you down really does make it easier for them to buy shit from you. Yes. Yes.
2: And then too, you know, if they're wearing your merch outside, you know, people will ask them about it or something. And so it's a great, you know, it's a great little marketing tool. I love social media, but there is other ways, you know, to keep, keep the marketing going.
0: Speaking of, if any of our listeners have thoughts on what Barnyard Language merch they would most like to see, let us know. Cause Arlene and I are just going to keep arguing over it and uh...
1: <laughs> not arguing. We just have a lot of ideas and we need to narrow it down.
0: Yeah, your chances of getting something you actually want are much higher (laughs) if you tell us what you actually want. Yeah, that's right. Like my children, if you tell me what you need, you're more likely to get it. All right.
1: So Uh, we covered the local scenario. (laughs) So what about if a farm has a product that can be shipped or they have a more national or international reach does your advice change then for how they can up their marketing game a little bit or use social media to their advantage because then you really are putting it out there to everybody
2: yeah and again with facebook ads you know you have a bigger reach too and you can you can reach you know you can put in the whole united states and just get a huge reach and then narrow it down from there but and you know you can get some trolls on there once in a while but I, I really wouldn't worry about that too much. I would, um, like I say, just, I'd, you know, throwing $10 or $20 here on a Facebook ad and seeing, you know, where it gets you, Facebook will let you know, you know, whether they, you know, your ad is too wordy or, you know, it has the wrong words, but for the most part, if you start testing, I think, you know, you'll get some reach out of that. And I think, I think just not being afraid to put yourself out there is, is the big thing, you know? And as long as you have a good um, system set up in place for shipping, you know, a way to collect their information, there's lots of, you know, Squarespace, local line, barn to door. There's a lot of great customer software already in place that can help you with the processing part of that as far as getting their information from them. So as long as that, you know, as long as you have that system set up already, I wouldn't go advertising nationally unless I have that system set up in, in, in good working order because you don't want to get overwhelmed with too many orders, you know, and then not, you know, and then have to figure it out later. It's, it's better to set up your systems now when it's smaller and then go from there.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Don't, don't put your marketing ahead of what you can actually deliver
2: yes
0: i think too this is a good point to put in how much your packaging and your general presentation can make a difference i know i ordered a t-shirt from uh, foggy bottoms boys anyway they sent me their t-shirt in you know they're a gay couple they live in northern california they raise sheep and dairy cows and eggs and their shirt came wrapped very nicely in a square egg carton with their stamp on top and a rainbow pride flag and i mean this was like a year ago i ordered this shirt and i can still tell you exactly how it was packaged because it was so on brand and you know i also know that it is you know i'm a midwesterner having to like put ourselves out there and brag about stuff is not what we do but coca-cola doesn't not advertise because people will think they're bragging that's i mean that's advertisement that's marketing that's part of being in business and that's it's still really hard to get past but so i'm going to add another question here what do you do when you have a social media post that gets much i don't want to say going viral but much more engagement than most of your posts do. And you can't figure out what it is about this post that people are responding to. And if you ask them, say, because this has happened to me, they say, oh, it was just really funny. I just liked it.
2: Um, You're not helping. One, with- yeah, no, great question. So, one thing you can do is like is if it's on Instagram, um, you can look at your insights and see where it got shared and things like that. And so, and like, who, maybe who shared it and, and take a look and see like, you know, why is this coming across this way? And, you know, seeing if it's, you know, if it was somebody who shared it to a big, their big audience, and that's why it got some traction, or you can also, you know, take a poll in your Instagram stories and say, you know, Hey, you know this was a popular post of mine. Can you let me know what you know you liked about it and add some options? You know, you know if it was funny, educational, inspirational, whatever that you think would apply, and you know they can let you know, you know what they liked about it that way. And so that way you can be like, or you can even phrase it and like, well, what kind of content that do you um, like to see from me? And like one guy I love to follow is Farmer Farmer Mona. And she's a farmer and then she does also like essential oils and things. And she from time to time will do polls where she'll say, okay, what kind of content, you know, do you want from me? Do you like the social media tips, you know, and here and, or do you, you know, are you more about the oils, more about the homesteading part component? So, you know, I feel like that's really effective in learning about your audience.
0: So part two of that question, sorry, Arlene, I'm just going totally off script here. Whatever. That's You know fine. how I am Don't by now. It. Is there any content that really is off limits i mean as a podcast that bills ourself as you know that there are going to be swears and um you know like one of my favorite social media accounts to follow is harry farm pit girls which is i mean the name alone tells you a lot about who they are but one of their most popular sort of series of content is about one of their goat bucks that likes to... The series is titled Screaming Into Buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really... Your people are out there, I think, no matter what you're posting. And they're, they have a massive following because their stuff is hysterical, although totally not safe for work in any way, shape, or form. So I'm wondering if there's anything that really is off-limits or if it's just a matter of being prepared to take some time to find your audience.
2: So I'd love the name of their account and I I I would love that. I mean, I find that hilarious and especially yeah, especially when I see like people sharing memes of buck goats, like they're like, "Oh, it's so funny." I'm like, "No, he wants to breed you." Like he's not That's that's not him being friendly. That's like him being way friendly. Like he does, he loves you, you know? <laughs> so I think that is hilarious that they're capitalizing on that. I love that.
0: If if you can make money off the fact that your animal intentionally pees on his own face to make himself sexy, do it. You right? Know? Yeah.
2: I, I know. Well, and as I think, well. <laughs> I actually had to tell a neighbor that she got some buck baby goats and I'm like, oh, so are, are you going to make them weathers? Oh, do I need to do that? I'm like, well, unless you want to see them pee on their head, then yeah, you got to do that. So my husband graciously went over there and uh, made them weathers for her. But yeah. So yeah, I love that because you attract and you repel. So some people would be like, okay, that's too much over the limit for me. And so, yeah, but you can't worry about that because like you say, you attract your people and so with them they're going to attract people that that find that hilarious and you know and and you know and we need that kind of entertainment you know and or at least i do and so you can't really worry about like oh it might offend someone because yeah it probably will but then there you're not that's not your customer that's not your people And, but the right people will be attracted to that. They will find that
0: funny and they'll follow you. So Well, and I have to say from a sales perspective, they make, they sell meat, but they primarily do like goat milk soaps and things like that. They're, I believe the soap is also titled screaming into Buttholes soap. It is consistently sold out. And if talking about disgusting stuff moves product like that, then, you know, it's, it's not something you can fake being that sort of immature weirdo who thinks that sort of stuff is hilarious but you know if you can find your audience like that it definitely makes a difference
2: yes I love it I think they you know found a good part of their business that's humorous that other people will find that you know and like you said are capitalizing on that and I think and that's fun you know be like it's not the cute baby goat little picture that you know they're using, and you know showing all sides of agriculture. Yeah, we, you know when you raise goats, you deal with that kind of stuff, <laughs> and you know so. So I love that. I think that's great, and you know, and you can't be too worried. You know, you got to do you at the end of the day, and that's one thing I think people worry too much about what people are going to think when they do posts, and it's hard to get over that. You know, we're conditioned to think that way, but in reality you know, you're not going to be authentic if you're always worried, like, oh, you know, is this going to offend someone? You know, obviously there's boundaries, but that are way out there. But I think, you know, I don't, I think as long as you're being authentic to yourself, you're not going to cross any major boundaries. And, you know, you don't, you don't need, you know, the 10,000 followers or 20,000, you know what I mean? You're not going to have that many customers and, and, you know, you want to serve the people that you attract. So that's where you got to authentically just be you at the end of the day
0: so speaking of more actual boundaries i guess how do you suggest incorporating and highlighting the family aspect of marketing the farm while also being you know aware of the privacy of both your children and other family members and also the safety of not making it Too obvious what's happening on your farm and also just not being creepy about like selling your children as an advertising you know i mean my kids are really fucking cute and i like to share that but it seems a little weird to be like give me money pay attention to me because my kids are really fucking cute because they're not models they're not old enough to consent to that you know i don't even I have some boundaries and it's mm-hmm. mostly around how fucking cute my kids are. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No, I get that. It's like,
2: you, like you said, your kids, you want to share them with the world, but at the same time, you want to respect their privacy. And that's one thing with sharing my kids. I always think about too is, you know, when they are old enough to have their own social media accounts and, and, you know, I mean, they'll be older, a lot older by then, but you know, am I going to, have embarrassed them and that's you know I kind of worry about that that's when I'm posting something like because you know I mean they say some funny shit you know what I mean like they are adorable and they're they're hilarious you know and sometimes but then you're like oh you know is that gonna be cringy for them you know when they get older and be like oh mom you know but I think it's sort of it's a hard rock to be into or rock between a rock and a hard place, because it's like you said, you, you know, they are cute and you want to show them off, but at the same time you want to protect them. But I think it is important to show like that there is a face behind farm, you know, no matter the size of the farm, there's a family there, you know, and you know, that's the problem too, is a lot of people think, you know, farms are, this is big corporations when in fact, you know, most farms are family farms. And so I think where you do show your kids and it's showing like, oh, okay, they, you know, they have a life and they have their normal people, you know, they're, you know, not this and some entity um, just there to make money. And so, you know, I think it's good to show that, you know, there's life. We still, you know, have all the same school issues and sports and Boy Scouts and all that on top of 4-H and MFA and, you know, Getting up in the middle of the night with the babies and all the good stuff, you know, besides just normal kids' stuff too. So, yeah, it's hard. I know some accounts choose not to show their kids' faces at all, and that's understandable. But some, I mean, some big accounts that, you know, that do get, you know, threats that they do show their kids' faces and, and they feel fine with doing that. So I feel like you kind of have to just dip in a little bit and kind of go to your comfort zone, you know, not worry about you know, getting attacked or, you know, I don't, you know, I don't show my address, you know, on, on my social media accounts. I mean, any nowadays though, and if anybody wants to dig hard enough, they can pretty much find anybody, you know, but so I think you kind of have to just go, you know, kind of find your comfort level with that. And just, you know, if it's just only showing the back of their head or something in a picture, you know, that's fine. You know, I don't think anybody's going to call you out on, you know, you know, I want to see your kid or, I mean, well, they might, but <laughs> you know, cause kids are cute, but at the same time, you know, you just have to do what's comfortable with you. And I think with social media that kind of goes on the whole gamut is where, you know, showing what you feel comfortable with and, you know, and sometimes it takes to just, you know, you kind of start dipping your toe and then showing a little bit more. And I think it's good to show, you know, it's hard to have kids on farms, you know, it's not, there's so many dangers, there's so much to worry about. And then just, I mean, we love them, we love little shits, but then just being there alone creates or just being in the picture while you're trying to do something, just that alone creates, you know, your doubles your work, you know? So I feel like, you know, I don't want to say when the hardship helps, but I think I feel like, you know, people need to know it's just like, oh, we're just going to go collect the eggs today. And, you know, I'm just going to go milk the cow. You know, it's just, it's not all fairy tales, you know? And so I think, you know, and two, you know, cause people are like, oh, how, you know, I don't know how you raise animals and then can eat them afterwards. And it's like, you know, well, we teach our kids that, you know, wow, we give these animals the best life we can possibly give them. And then, you know, they have 10 seconds, you know, then they're gone, you know, and they don't even know that they had a bad day, you know? And so, but, you know, we do what we can while they're here to have have a good life. And so my kids know that it's just, how they're raised it's just part of you know now they know things get butchered we eat things and so I guess you know that kind of shows with them being around it that it'll show people that their kids can be okay with eating animals too you know because I think that's the problem too is people can go just go to the grocery store and pick something out and they don't ever think about you know that there was an actual animal behind that you know down the road so before it got to the grocery store
0: so Arlene is the parent of older children what is the age cutoff for where you can post funny shit they say before you start worrying about embarrassing i mean my kids are four and five they don't know they don't care you know but what is the what is the age where you have to start caring what the fuck your kids think about shit besides like octonauts because they have a lot of opinions (laughs) on that
1: i think as a parent of older kids it's I also have to think back to like what I posted in the past too, you know, where, you know, Facebook brings up your memories, right? So you know, there are days now where I'm seeing memories now from 10 years ago, when the 14 year old was four. And you know, there, there might be stuff that I should, you know, save somewhere, but it doesn't need to be on a social platform anymore you know like so i i think that that's the kind of thing that that is is kind of gradual you know like there are times where you can i mean i'm already at the point where i will ask can i can i tell you know can i share this you know i have a group chat with my sisters and my mom you know like can i can i share this with this group of people or can i share this with you know like you know often now if i'm going to post anything on social media i'm asking if it's okay first. So, I mean, it, it's a kind of a gradual process. I don't know that there is a cutoff necessarily. It's gonna depend on the kids. Some of them are like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and others want to, you know, are already at the point where they want to curate, curate their image. So I think it just depends on the the situation and the child. And when we're talking about farms, I think too, we have to, you know, if, if people are doing, you know, that farm gate aspect, we are, you know, you're giving out your address, someone is coming to your, your door. So I think it's also fair to maybe even have a post about what's okay. You know, like if you come to the farm, you know, I'll greet you at the gate, or you can come this far, or I, you know, expect you to put on plastic boots before you enter the bar, you know, like to, to use social media, to also communicate your expectations of what people will do when they arrive on site, if that's part of your, part of your business.
0: I think that's such a great point, Arlene, because, I mean, we sell meat from the farm. We are open for tours. We're on an all-state barn tour. Like, we have, most years, a lot of people through here, and we haven't, you know, the past few years because of the pandemic. But I know I felt so awkward telling people that they couldn't bring their dogs because I love dogs. I really, really do. I still don't want dogs that I don't know on my farm. But for me to have to, like, publicize that you can't bring your dog was so much harder than I anticipated but to just put it out there so that I don't have to say it to people once they're already here and be like no Mm -hmm. your dog has to stay in the car and
1: the explain why right you know like my your dog is not used yeah your dog is not used to sheep your dog might chase my ducks whatever you know like to to be clear to people why why you have certain rules I mean like you don't At our place, no one enters the calf barn, except people who work here. It's a closed space. We have to protect the babies. Like that's a priority for us. So no one, even if someone comes for a farm tour, they can look at the calves through the window, but no one, no one from outside is going to go in our calf barn. So there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having rules and you just explain to people why they're there and they're for the safety of both the animals and the, the people who are on site.
0: Well, and that's a lot of it, too, with the dogs, is that, you know, our cattle have not been worked with dogs in the past, and a cow will kill your dog. I mean, that's, you know, it would not take much for an angry mama to kill your dog, and that would be really awkward. And I like dogs and do not want that to happen. You know, in the same like we don't allow smoking on the farm because A, we end up with cigarette butts everywhere, and the ducks eat them and it's gross, and B, you know, we have a hundred-year-old barn full of hay. Like that's a recipe for disaster. So we just don't do it and it is awkward, but yeah, we put it out on everything now because it's just easier to, to do that. And I'm probably just going to edit all of that out because that was just me like yammering on about <laughs> rules. That that's we all have. right.
2: No, I think it's a great point that you made though, is you can put it on Facebook so that, or Instagram and yeah. So that you don't have to, like have those face-to-face conversations. People already know their expectations. So actually, I think it's a really good point that you made.
0: And we do have a lot of folks who bring dogs, but they're dogs we know. So if we know your dog, your dog can come. But if it's a strange (laughs) dog and it's not like part of our dog crew, then no.
2: Yeah, if your your dog doesn't know the secret password, he is not allowed.
0: (laughs) We need some like secret dog merch, like backstage dog collar tag. oh vip action yeah yes very important pup absolutely i am on this
1: (laughs) so Um, katie already covered questions about parents and using the social media with kids i know this isn't necessarily your area of expertise christy but do you have any thoughts on how we help our kids navigate social media as they do enter this world as someone who works in social media
2: yeah. I have a 13 year old. So we're kind of getting into that territory and neither of my kids. So I have a 13 and a nine year old, neither of them have their own social media accounts yet. I know it's going to be coming. They know, you know what I do. So they're into it, but one thing is, you know, not getting them too early, not letting them have it too early. And, and we talk about already even playing some online games, you know, we talk about the dangers of strangers, you know, on the internet pretending to be other kids or whatever. So they're kind of getting prepped for that, you know, and I think, you know, I know some people are like, you know, like their kids to have privacy and everything, but kind of my kids know, like, it's I kind of, you know, you're gonna have a, any kind of social media thing. It's open, you know, my son does have a smartphone, but he knows at any time, you know, You know, he's got the, the parental controls already on there. So I know when he's on his phone and, you know, it's, you know, got the settings so that, you know, the, the PG words or, you know, PG 13 and above, he's not supposed to be able to access that content. I mean, I think there's still ways to get around that, but I think, you know, having open conversations with your kids about the dangers of being on the internet, but then also there's a whole new, com- another component where I don't want them to get caught up in the number of likes and the number of followers and the number of friends on, you know, I mean that, I mean, thank God I didn't have to deal with any of that when I was a kid, you know, and I right. mean now, yeah. you know, as a business, you know, you do, you know, one thing you do is the compare and despair thing, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, wow. But then you don't know their engagement, right. You don't know if they're really selling anything. You don't know, you know, just because they have 10,000 people following them. What, you know, is that, very effective, you know, are people buying from them actually, are people just following them for fun? Y- you just don't even know. So, you know, I try to teach them, you know, it doesn't matter how, you know, and and also too, just going around raising kids, you know, trying to teach them, you know, that other people's opinions of you don't really matter. You don't, you know, if you're not going to invite them into your house, then why are you going to invite them into your brain? You know? So that's, you know, I kind of harp on that as far as, you know, cause there's just, too much social online bullying and things like that. That you know, plus being rural, you know, you don't always have the greatest internet anyway. So it's kind of nice. it, uh, you know. Oh. The modem's not working right now. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Gotta get off.
1: May have may have just gotten turned off.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. so yeah, it is a hard road, you know, to to, to navigate for sure. I and mean, you know, shout out to any parents having to do it because it's hard, you know, and keeping up with the other kids, you know, especially if they go into school in town, you know, where it's a whole different world, you know. But yeah, I think just really having a good, being able to openly talk to your kids about the danger of it can. um, that's been really helpful for us
0: you know Mm -hmm. so christy too i think one of my biggest pet peeves at this point is how many adults seem to think that kids are taken in by fake accounts or whatever because they're just dumb or you know too naive and as someone whose job is literally working for one of the biggest computer companies in the world sorting out People who are full of shit and totally not who they say they are from people who are legitimately doing what they're supposed to be doing. There is no way for the standard person to have any idea who they're actually talking to and there's a lot of signs and you know red flags and things absolutely but this acting like children are being irresponsible or. Whatever for not knowing these things or for not understanding internet security in general, if you're not teaching your kids that, you can't blame them. And for most websites, it's against the law for them to have their own account before they're 13 anyway. So, you know, my kids don't care that it's against the law for them to drop out of school in you know preschool. <laughs> so I'm not sure that, you know, it's against the law for you to have your own Facebook is going to carry any weight either. But, you know, there's a lot of adults getting fooled by people on the internet every day so you know nice
2: yeah the kids
0: but also no good point see. yeah they are so much smarter than we we give them credit for for
2: sure you know some of the things that come out of their mouths and just you know and two and then sometimes you even think like you're harping on them about something and then all of a sudden they'll like say it back to you like oh my like wow you really were listening like you know or something you know or like like I'll have the older one tell the younger one something, and like, whoa, yeah, okay, you were listening and you absorbed it and you got it, you know. And yeah, they're they're a lot smarter than we give them credit for, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's not. I don't think they're as easily. Yeah, and actually, it takes a lot, you know, from to even for them to connect to someone online. Anyway, you know what I mean. It's you know I think it's when they're older and maybe missing that connection with people or something where someone can, you know, see that and kind of glom onto that. But I think, I think as as, as if we keep the communication lines open with our kids, you know, they're going to tell us things that feel, you know, my kids already, you know, if something's bothering them though. They know they can pretty much tell me anything. And so I hope that continues. I'm not, you know, like I said, the oldest one's 13. So I don't know if
0: that's going to keep on continuing, but I sure hope so. Well, on that, super light note the fact that basically all of your kids are doing a good job and all of you are doing a good job and if you're not doing a great job right now you're probably doing a good job overall probably everything is totally fine or it's not i whatever i can't help you with that i'm sorry that was almost a pep talk katie yeah that was the katie pep talk everything is great unless it's not we're all fucked but probably not probably everything is fine It'll be okay. That's a different show, though. we we'll would start a second podcast called Probably Everything is Fine, unless it's not. When
2: things get too tense, I just say, well, nobody died, so we're fine. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. like do you yeah. have smallpox? No, you're good. Exactly. Um, I like to, you know, when things get kind of shitty like that, personally, I like to think about ways that things could actually be worse. Like, do I have scurvy? No, I'm fine. And like, <laughs> years of fertility treatments and then cancer treatments and then two kids in 16 months, like... I can come up with a worse scenario for anything at this point. It's generally scurvy or smallpox, but I mean, you like to stick with the old school diseases. I've never had scurvy or smallpox. It's very unlikely. They both sound really (laughs) shitty. I'm hoping that Christie is crying from laughing too hard and not just like, (laughs) actually crying. <laughs> yeah. um, Get me out of here. <laughs> so, Christy, one thing we ask all of our guests is if you were going to dominate a category at the county fair, real or totally made up to ensure your domination, what would it be?
2: That is a great question. If it was real. Like, my cinnamon rolls are the bomb. Like, I have to say, I inherited a recipe from my mother-in-law that she got from her mother-in-law, and I'll even give away this secret ingredient. It's mashed potatoes. Ooh. So, yeah. And well, it's. you share it's the, the recipe
0: shit. or is the rest of it, like. totally? Oh,
2: separate? you know what's I'm funny? It's pretty much, much just the same. It's, you know, milk, butter, yeast, sugar. All the regular bread yeah. stuff. Yeah. And man, then mashed potatoes. And then, and then actually. So I don't love the cinnamon rolls that when they have like the hard outer the sides you know and then you get just not enough frosting on it so we do this thing where you take them and you do like a cinnamon twist and you like pack the pan full and you bake it so only the top gets brown so like the whole pan is like the middle of the cinnamon roll and then you just cover it in cream cheese frosting and i'm getting very hungry bomb. but that sounds to like yeah i would i'll come I to your county fair put up my against anything. yeah yeah so other than that like cheese i'm a big cheese person too so i don't know what kind of cheese eating probably <laughs>
0: i really feel like your, i'd, I'd probably that. consume a little too much cheese but i'm supporting the dairy industry so you know there's here, here. that i know uh <laughs> What, last year year before, Dairy Carry posted something asking people to show their dairy purchases from their last grocery run. And it rapidly became apparent that our family is definitely doing our part to support the American dairy industry. I'll tell you what, we have made our contributions. But I feel like cheese eating could definitely be a hot ticket event in the Barnyard Language Olympics. We're, someday we're going to put this on it's like a live (laughs) zoom event will be the part of language all all the different categories that people have added because of that question
1: i'm totally there for that yeah we're going to move into our cussing and discussing segment we registered for an online platform called SpeakPipe, where you can leave your cussing and discussing entries for us, and we'll play them on the show. So go to www.speakpipe.com backslash barnyardlanguage and leave us a voice memo, or you can always send us an email at barnyardlanguage at gmail.com, and we'll read it out for you. So Katie, do you have anything to cuss or discuss this week?
0: Well, I really like how Christy put it, compare and despair, and I'm going to say is this as a farmer who is married to a farmer who is also an equipment dealer and also, you know, our kids are the fifth generation on this farm. Farmers can be the biggest bunch of whiny fucking babies about how every other farmer in the entire world has it easier, has better land, was given more equipment, started out with more, whatever, you know, the sun is brighter at their place. It rains more at their place. The You know, their tractor is a better shade of blue, whatever the hell it is. And then someone who is married to someone who has a real good understanding of what other farmers' financial situations are actually like and what's going on more behind the scenes, we still hear it at our house, but there's no way that everybody has it easier than you. There is no way that everybody's life is easier than yours it's not possible right statistically it's not so that's what i have today Arlene. christy what do you have to cuss and discuss wow i
2: could go on for a while
0: <laughs> no <laughs> go to town we're 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 here for it you know
2: okay first of all can we talk about how much teenagers freaking eat like Teenage boys. Oh my God. Like somebody was, you know, you always see like, oh my God, my, you know, when I was younger, you know, they eat so much. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They can eat. Okay. Great. Oh my. Like we'll wake up (laughs) and I'll get up in the morning and like, we'll find the evidence. Like (laughs) he's been, (laughs) and like, he likes to experiment with spices. So like, I'll get up to my whole kitchen smelling like garlic, like way too much garlic. And there'll be like spices dribbled on the counter that he didn't clean up. And you're like, yeah. And you, or you go to find something. Yeah. Oh, the other day was like, so we had made a, a pie and my husband ran down um, and got some, I don't just buy ice cream. I love ice cream. And I just, I just can't keep it in the freezer because I'll eat it. But so like, literally we all had a, just one bowl of ice cream. And then we get out the next morning, like sometime during the night, he'd got up and finished the whole thing of ice cream off. And it was like the, the amount of food, you know, it's just the amount of food right now is just crazy like I did not I did not expect that I did not budget for that so, and um, my little PSA though is please don't read or, or please don't believe everything you read on the internet
0: <laughs> everything on the internet is I will not dive Christine. into that I don't even know where you're coming from with this everything on the <laughs> internet is totally true right <laughs> so
2: don't read the headlines and go off that please do a little bit of research just two
0: minutes sometimes just
2: do two minutes so anyways that'll be my rant
0: so arlene what do you have to cuss and discuss today and do you have a pup date for us what's the pup date
1: he's doing his thing we got a new like one of those launcher things where it like grabs the ball and throws it really far so that's nice because then when he goes to pick up the ball because he wants to play fetch, but he really wants to get the ball back. Like, you know, like, he drops it, and then picks it back up again, and your fingers tend to get nipped. So at least with this thing, you can get in there and grab the ball without getting a uh, nip fingers. But my cussing and discussing this week is all the management that it takes to figure out all the like, theme days and library books and like, just the activities and stuff like at the school. So it's like on Monday, this notebook has to go back. And then on Tuesday, we need that one to go back. And then the library books, that one shifts depending on the day of the week. And then we have like spirit days and I'm like multiplied by four kids and I just can't keep track of all of it. And I mean, I love our teachers and, I mean, I'm not blaming them, but there's just so many different ways to communicate and then different classes use different platforms and some of them I've turned the alerts off because then you get like pings all the time from random stuff so. yeah I don't know how to keep track of it all, and I know it's not necessarily my department if my kid doesn't dress up for a theme day who cares but you know, then I also don't want them to go to school and be disappointed that they didn't dress up for the theme day. I want it to be their choice to not dress up for the theme day because they don't care, not that they actually want to. So yeah, that's my, that's my cuss.
0: I think that those of us with young kids should only, probably all parents should only have parent friends whose kids are the same age because as someone who just bought a new fridge because of how much our four and five-year-olds eat and someone who is already encountering this like theme days donuts with daddy this week which was a huge success but just like how am i supposed to manage this shit and they're only in preschool i know it's only going to get worse and right now they don't care and soon they will and it's not really helping me to know that it's just going to get worse and more expensive (laughs) as they get older like i know it oh. is but i don't really need to have it pointed out to me you guys so.
1: more things to worry about in the future katie yay
0: <laughs> but still not scurvy or smallpox probably yeah that's right no so. no scurvy
1: So thank you so much, Christy, for joining us today. Can you tell people where they can get in touch with you, what your social media is? I'm assuming you're on social media and you can, they can find out more about you and the services that you offer and about all your animals.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. You can find me anywhere online at dirt road marketing co so you can just Google it, type it into Facebook or Instagram and you'll find me at dirt road marketing.
0: Perfect. All right, thank you everyone for joining us today on barnyard language you can find us on Facebook instagram and TikTok as barnyard language and on Twitter, we are barnyard pod if you'd like to connect with other farm families join the private barnyard language Facebook group.
1: patreon is a service where you commit to making a small monthly donation which goes towards the making of this podcast we would love it if you would become a patron of barnyard language go to patreon.com backslash barnyard language to support the show. We're always in search for future guests for the podcast. If you or someone you know would like to chat with us, please get in touch.